the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God's characteristics and attributes are plenty, but the foundation of them all is love. We'll talk about that today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. you ever wanted to lay down a foundation in your life about God, who He is, then all of the characteristics and attributes are a wonderful place to find yourself in the middle of, but the foundation is love. And the best place to go for that foundation is right here in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-21. through 21. It's there that we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, as he begins a series simply entitled, God is love. Here's Pastor Phil from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The love of God. So, so broad, so big. How does an infinite being get described by a finite being? Poorly. I believe it was Charles Wesley said, please assist these lisping, stammering lips your praise to articulate. And it is a heavy job. But we want to look at the love of God. And I want to look, I, won't, I don't think we'll get through the second, uh, the third point, but we'll look at a definition of God's love, a description of God's love, and distinguishing God's love in different five different categories. And so it's a huge subject. And uh, I'll pick it up next week uh, that we may look at it. Let me say something about what makes the subject of the love of God difficult. It is uh, that if you watch enough secular movies, secular writers, if there's anything they love to say of God, it's that God is love. What the world needs is love, sweet love. And... uh, They love that about God, but what is excised and what the church has been accused of is I don't want to go to a hellfire and brimstone church. Anybody grow up in churches like that where you knew the temperature of hell every week because the preacher could report it? I mean, boom, judgment, wrath, hell. Now, let me ask you this. Are those subjects taught in the Bible? Is love greater than his holiness? I can't hear you. I'll say that again. Is love greater than his holiness? Does God hate sin? Read Psalms just 1 through 50 over 16 times. He'll tell you he hates certain sinners. He'll say, I hate the wicked. You can't do that, God. We have told you, you can hate the sin, but you can't hate the sinner. He says, I hate the wicked. So you have the, how do we harmonize? Does he love? Does he hate? 
He does both. The loving Jesus was the one that told us the most about judgment and hell. The only one that did so much to keep us from going there. So this, this tension is all over. And so you see, in modern literature, uh, we've excised a God of wrath, a God of hell, a God of judgment. Uh, D.A. Carson uh, has a fine little book that I read. He's the uh, 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 teaches at Trinity in Chicago. And he wrote a book on the difficult doctrine of the love of God. And he gave the lectureship at Dallas Seminary. And in that book, he tells about when he was studying German uh, in his doctoral program, he was thrown together with an African uh, who was from a French-speaking country in Africa, and a brilliant man, and they were away, I believe they were in Germany, studying. And during that time, this man from Africa was being unfaithful to his wife, and said, in Africa, Carson asked him, said, if your wife was unfaithful, what would you do? He said, well, she'd be killed. He said, well, why can you? He said, well, we're used to having many women. That's a part of our culture. And then Carson went on, because I guess the guy was studying theology. And what about God? He said, uh, God will forgive. That is his job. That's his job, just to forgive. That's part of my definition of God. Uh, you, you know, God, you got to love me because I am lovable. See, I, I think today if you ask someone in the street, do you think God loves you? Why, sure. Get over it. Doesn't he love everybody? Doesn't he? God is love. God, what about I said? Did you know that you might be headed for hell? Oh, God could never do that. Why couldn't he? He loves me. Can he love you and still let you go to hell? So, it is a rather complex thing to uh, harmonize so many passages uh, on this subject. Let us lift up just by way of skimming through the First John passage. That is quite interesting. He says, God is love twice. And it's right in the midst of an ethical section teaching believers how to relate to each other. Why? There was a group called Gnostics. Gnostics is built on the Greek word for knowledge. They claim superior insight, superior knowledge. Well, in their Gnosticism, they denied the deity and the humanity of Christ. In their Gnosticism, they were not known for being loving people. That was not a part of their creed. It was just, we know more. We know more. Uh, We have superior insight. And John is writing here that the love of God is what permeates the people of God and their interaction with each other. And so, let's just pick up things. It's just by way of introduction. I'm not going to try to explore all the meaning here. But look at just right on the surface. Verse 7. Let's pick up verse 7. He said, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Ah, God is the source of Christian loving. So if we're not loving, we're not in a right relationship with God, okay? You cannot help yourself but to love because it's in God's nature to love. God loves people. He doesn't 
Uh, it's, it's his natural behavior. Uh, then watch this. Everyone who knows everything has been born of God and knows God. What, what does your say? Everyone who loves has been born of God. Now, I've been around some people. You've got to have all the right answers to know God. Well, you need some, don't you? You need to know who Jesus is. You need some. But here he says to these believers, your fellowship will be marked by loving behavior. The children of God pick up the DNA of the God who's love, and that's the behavior. He said, even an unsaved world will recognize in you. They will know us because they see our love. He keeps showing, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. I have, since I've pastored for years, I know people in the church, uh, they, they're always uh, crossways with someone. They, they'll say, I can't forgive, or that brother bugs me, bothers me. Uh, I guess it's okay if we bug one another. <laughs> We're told to forbear one another. Huh? Have family life, if you don't know what that means. Have a bunch of kids. Just any human relationship, there will be give and take, forbear, forgive. That's okay. Uh, But if you don't love, if that's not natural to you, uh, you don't know God. And I, I don't think we say that too often. We usually get people because they don't cut it straight. They don't say, say, you know what? You obviously don't know God. Why do you say that? You're so hateful. You're hateful. You're critical. You're negative. You never say a good word about God or his people because you don't know God. And we need to call people to that. Until we see love, we have every right to question your birth in the family of God. It's just a natural outworking of knowing a God of love, right? You can just nod your head like that. I mean, you'll do like that if you don't agree. I know that. I just look at it. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son. God demonstrated his love by the sacrifice of his son. And so, verse 11, since God so loved We ought to love one another. If God did it, and he's perfect, and he's loving imperfect people, why wouldn't he tell imperfect forgiven sinners to love imperfect forgiven sinners? Is that fair? You're imperfect, are you not? A little bit. And so, you're commanded to love. God has loved us. He's just saying, carry it out. Because he's talking about the church life. If we love one another, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. Goes down to verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And then he goes on to describe that love. Verse 19. We love Because we were born loving people. We love because who took the initiative? 
He first loved us. Don't be passive. I see people, even in church, passive. They're always like this. And I've seen it through the year. Oh, you're not a friendly church. And you're not. You're a very overwhelmingly friendly church. And many people tell us that, that are guests. I I need paid to say that. You are. But you'll see people that are passive about love. And they're always always evaluating whether you're loving. And, And it came up with a line years ago that you're not commanded to be loved. You're commanded to love. That's so profound. Let me say it again. You've not been commanded to be loved. You can't come up to someone and start telling them, you got to love me. You got to love me. No, no, no. You, you did disregard that. Obey the king. You've got to love. So as God, God first loved us. He initiated it. We love back in response. It's reciprocal. God's loving us, and the reason we love back is we've been so overwhelmed by the love of God. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it's convicting. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. Is that not convicting? That you don't love God any more than the most, uh, you're the believer that bugs you the most. Don't, don't, don't be telling us you, know, you love God. I love God. I just can't stand you. <laughs> I love God. Someone said, I, I, I love being, I love God. I just can't stand Christians. And I hear this thing sometimes, uh, oh, the world's so much easier, so much easier to love. That's like, I can't stand my wife and I hate my kids, but man, the guys on the job are wonderful. Doesn't work. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother. I mean, it is so uh, straightforward uh, that this God as love, what does that mean? Here's a definition. Definition. I hope you have a set of notes to help you. Uh, it is that perfection of God whereby he has a desire for and delight in the welfare of the object of his love, even to self-sacrifice if necessary. God, when God loves something or someone He desires their well-being, and if necessary, he will go to the point of self-sacrifice. Okay? Grudem said, God eternally gives of himself to others. He did it in the Trinity, and when he created, he gives and gives and gives. It's in the nature of God to always be showing his love, and his love is always clearly manifested. He's the giver. He's the giver. He's the giver. Always, always. He's loved us so much, he did all the giving for the relationship. We gave nothing. God's perfect love is his determination to give of himself to show you he loves you. 
So the love of God is not lust. See, the Greek gods were always lusting after women. They were gods of sex. Uh, They were gods that were angry, moody, had to be pacified. You sacrificed sons, daughters. You did all kinds of abominable things to get along with the gods of the Greek pantheons or the gods of Canaan. But this God comes along and he says, I am the giving God. I'm not a dirty God. I'm not a moody God. I'm a God that is not affected by what goes on in the world as to I don't wake up moody, depressed, fearful. I never, this God never fell in love with anybody. He chooses all that he loves. You know, you know, he says, I just fell in love. A mood came over me. Don't worry, you'll get over it. When the rents do. See, oh, I just couldn't. I just, it just came over me like a wave. Well, God, never with God. God's love is always chosen and God has emotion. He can feel. He pities us like a father pities his children. So there is emotion, but God is not influenced. He chooses his emotion. He's in charge of it. We are impacted. We are influenced. So let's look at the love being described. Let's start. The source of love is God. He's always the initiator. He's always the source. Uh, none of us were born givers. We're getters. Uh, for, I mean, from the womb, according to the Psalms, we come sinning. We come grabbing. Oh, Jacob was snatching his brother's heel when he was coming out of the womb. That we're snatchers. We're just inherently born, self-centered, grabbing for ourselves. God's never had that. He's always been a giving God going out of his way for that which he loves. Two, God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. And what we mean by that is not that he's going to love you despite you not wanting him. That ultimately can cost you eternity. But it's the idea that God has loved us without us being the source of us of him loving. There's no cause in us to make him want us. And you hear Romans 5, 6 says, while we were yet without Christ, while we were yet godless, while we were yet weak, and he goes to verse 9, while we hated God, the word's enmity, but it means hate, while we hated God, God did his best for us. He loved us. He loved us. He gave his son. You know, we sing around here, uh, he thought I was worth it, keeping. I thought it's worth dying. Well, it bothers some people because they thought we were saying, well, I'm such a good bargain. I was special. No, 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 no. Here, here, this is what we're saying. God set a price on you that only he could pay. Now, who set that worth? It wasn't because you were so good. It wasn't because he saw you as a sinner. He saw you as deserving of his wrath. All of us. 
It's not I'm a better sinner than the other sinner. No, we were, none of us deserved it. None of us deserved it. But he comes along and says, I place a bid on this piece of property. I will not buy you with silver or gold. I will buy you with my own life. I'll tell you, friend, you cut it any way you want. He said a worth on me I could have never said on myself. He was saying something. I am willing to sacrifice myself to get you. It's overwhelming. Overwhelming. God's love, number three, takes the initiative. He loved and did not wait to be loved. Did you know God has chosen to love billions of people that will never love him back? How many people on this globe do you think love God back? Love God back. Let me ask you as a believer, how are you doing on your love life with him? Have you told him lately you love him? Have you told him lately how wonderful he is? It's a, why would God ever have to tell a church you've left your first love? We fell out of love with him. I'll pick that up next week. That we are responsible to stay in love with God. And it's a battle. You can fall out of love. You can get uh, lukewarm, formal, and get your faith to be nothing but a routine rut of which all the romance of knowing God has evaporated. We all fight it. He takes the initiative. God's love is manifested in action. God didn't send us an email from heaven saying he loved us. God didn't send just a letter. God sent a son. He manifested it. And he says it. Listen to verse 10. This is love. Oh, let's pick up now. This is how God showed, manifested his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God. He, we ought to love him. But this is not love. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, God takes the initiative. God manifests. And that love is action. It's, you know, James and John warn, if you see a brother in need, don't say be clothed, be fed. Uh, God bless you. We'll pray. Here's a favorite one. We'll be praying for you. Well, I might be starved to death by the time your prayer gets through. I was reminded of years ago when we were in the Family Life Center, when a, a woman showed up in our office and uh, had access then and got through Donna and came on back. Uh, happened to be a Latino woman. I believe she was, her mother was in Mexico or another Central American country. And her mother was uh, coming up to see daughter. And, and daughter had gone to the store. She wanted to buy groceries. It was either before or after. And she got there and somebody stole her purse. Uh, she's crying. She's very emotional about this whole thing. I want to entertain my mother, and I can't. And she laid out the story. 
And I said, well, wait. And I, I went to the office. I said, we have an agape form request. I said, let's pray. While we're praying, the Lord says, you've got an agape fund. And, and you don't need to fill out a request form. You. And so when we get to praying, I put this $100 bill in her hand. I said, will that help you buy enough to feed mama until we decide? Then we both cried. Because my brother has a favorite line. He says, oh, the church will pay for it. He said, meet the church. I'm the church. Who's the church around here? Send it to Washington, D.C. Oh, the church will pay for it. You and I are the church. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.